1: The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. You can put your money to work by automating your savings and investments. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash save and
2: invest.
3: Alright everybody, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Latrell. What's
2: up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. We have a great guest in store for you guys,
1: but he needs no introduction. Governor Perry, welcome to the show, sir.
4: Hey, man, it's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, good to be uh, across the table here with the uh, uh, the Trail boys. and and uh, you know one of the fascinating things from time to time. What's it been, uh, Marcus? Now we're working on sixteen years of uh, getting thrown together, and and uh, God's got a great way of. Uh, um, you know, kind of rounding you up from time to time and sticking you in a uh, a, a particular um, situation, and and boy, if that wasn't the case with us and where it's <laughs> led us and the things that we've been able to do together, and and uh, and, and frankly, where we just find ourselves today, and you know, I, I think back, um, this would have been the end of July of two thousand and six, about a year after the actual events with. Uh, uh, Red Wing, That's right. uh, back in uh, uh, Operation Red Wings. So uh, uh, my wife made me go on vacation. Vacation, after three days, man, I'm like climbing the walls and I don't do vacation. So she said, yeah, I'm taking you to this place. And she said, you're going to love it. It's, it's right outside of San Diego on uh, Coronado Island. There's this old hotel called the Hotel Dell. And I'm kind of like, oh, great, man, we're going to go stay four days in an old hotel on a beach, and I'm going to be absolutely pulling my hair out before that's over with, right? And uh, anyway, we go, and cool old hotel is really fascinating, old hotel, and we get there. uh, But let me me back it up. So the security detail goes out a few days ahead of time, right? Yeah, so, this uh, part's crazy. Yeah. Th- this is a part about, you know, God's kind of like, okay, dude, I'm going to put you together. It
3: started something real small. Let yeah. me line this Re- out. Yeah. yeah. Real small.
4: Yeah. And the security detail goes out to do their advance work. And they're, I think, planning on meeting California Highway Patrol. So they you always coordinate uh, with the state that you're going to. And they're on Orange Boulevard at a little breakfast nook. And the head of the detail sees a guy who's sitting in there, kind of buff guy with slicked off hair, kind of looks like a law enforcement person, just, you know, totally profiling there. But uh, <laughs> and so they introduce themselves to each other. And my guy says to this other fellow, are you here f- for the governor's visit? And this big fellow with the uh, slicked-off haircut, says, what governor are you talking about? He says, well, Governor Perry from Texas is coming out here. He said, nope, but he said, I vote for him every chance I get. Well, this guy happens to be a uh, um, Naval Academy grad, a uh, F-18 pilot. Uh, He has been assigned or volunteered uh, to SEAL Team 5 as a JTAC uh, to be able to go outside the wire with SEAL teams and
3: Drop bombs for us.
4: Well, basically, you know, manage your aviation That's assets up, uh, up in the air so that you got a real live pilot down there doing the work. Yeah. Really cool job and, and uh, quite, a, quite an interesting guy. That's a whole other story on its side, mm-hmm. who that fellow was and where he's ended up in the world. Right. But anyway, he gives a card to the security detail leader and says, hey, if the governor would like to come get a tour of the Special Warfare Center, here's my card. Have him call me. Well, we show up the next day, I think, which is like Thursday evening, maybe, and uh, detail gives the card. I look at it, and I go, "Great, man, this is perfect. Get me off the beach, where I don't have to go do the vacation thing. Go get a tour of the Naval Special Warfare Center, which is just right there,, yep. uh, just south of uh, the hotel next door, yeah, next door. Next door neighbors. yeah. And um, anyway, we, uh, we go get in the hotel look at the card. I give him a call and uh, introduce himself. His name is Jake Elsey, Lieutenant Commander Jake Elsey. He says, love to give you a tour. And I was like, great. That's awesome. I'm I'm intrigued with that. And I think it was Saturday morning, right, Marcus? It was. On a Saturday morning. And the way I understand it, Jake goes into the enlisted quarters and goes, Hey, anybody want to give a, a VIP tour? And of course, everybody shot him the finger and, <laughs> and gave him the high sign. It's kind of like, Get out of here, man. It's Saturday, it's our day off. He said, Well, it's the governor of Texas. Marcus says,
2: I'll
4: go. Texas boy. Anyway, long story short, we show up about 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. It's my wife. I think Sydney, may was Sydney on that trip? Uh-oh. No, Sydney wasn't on the trip. It was just Nita and myself right. and, and one other guy oh, that yeah. was traveling with us. Um, and one of the more fascinating tours I've taken in a long time, I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna lie to you. It is a really interesting place. Took us about, I don't know, two hours. Yeah. We we'll go through end of the tour. We're back at the front gate, fixing to go back to the hotel and commander Elsie says, I'm not even sure I could have told him what you're, I could have told people what your last name was um. but jake said did marcus tell you where he was last weekend and i was kind of like no he said yes sir once <laughs> and no sir once other than that you know he's just a big old tall gangly kid with his camis on who's very polite doesn't say anything helps guide the tour jake says well he was at the white house receiving the navy cross well I know what the Navy Cross is. And uh, we go on about our business. We invite you guys to have uh, uh, dinner that night at a little uh, restaurant there uh, at at Coronada. And uh, just to say, you know, thanks and appreciate your time. And and, uh, uh, I go back to the hotel room and get on my computer and I look up this kid, Marcus Luttrell. Nothing. I mean, I I think on about the fifth page I'm searching, I find your name on a list of about 30 people on some kind of nondescript award that you've gotten. I'm kind of like, that's kind of weird. And then I remembered the Operation Red Wings was mentioned in some passing. I put that in, and the computer literally blew up. Read the story then I start putting together who this kid is and what a fascinating story unbeknownst to me was that was fixing to completely change the trajectory of my life. So anyway, that's, um, we go to dinner, and if you'll remember, the guy that was with us was just wearing you out. He was, because, man. I mean, he was
3: asking you a lot of really hard no, stuff. It's it my first, it's like first interrogation. Yeah. <laughs> from the press and everything, and I remember that. He was making me laugh, too. Uh I remember Nini was getting kind of upset about it, but yeah.
4: Yeah, and, and uh, Anita, uh, who's there with us, and and, and this and this gentleman, uh, who's a friend of ours, would yeah, we, yeah. We'll leave, leave his name... Um, uh, to, to be anonymous at this particular point. No, it's in time. all good. Yeah. But it, so, anyway, the the point is, you know, it's kind of like it was down to the point. It's like, well, did you, did you kill any of them with your hands? I mean, did you did you kill them with the, what did you kill them with? And it was kind of like, and you're so, I mean, I, I'm 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 laughing now. I'm sitting there going, dude, this kid's still pretty raw, uh, you know, physically and mentally. Kind of just just kind of lay off. Anyway, we have dinner. You you get in. Interrogated by my friend, and uh, we get to the point at the end of dinner, and I told you, I said, "You you need to you need to get a really good ghost and and make sure that this story gets told because I said this is one of the more fascinating stories that that I've heard maybe in my life." And I said, "Oh, I said give give me your mom's phone number." I said, "I'll call your mom when we get back to." That squared away. You did that and, too. And, 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 That's uh, the first thing it made to me. Tell your mom that, that you're okay and and uh Appreciate uh, that. And I said, if you're ever through Austin, come by and see me. Which I say to everybody, right? I mean I probably said that a hundred <laughs> times, Morgan, to, to people. Say, Hey man, if you're ever through Austin, come by. You know, yeah, right. Like you're gonna come to the governor's mansion. Yeah, knock, <laughs> on, the knock the on the door Sure you yeah, are. Of course. Right. And uh anyway, we shake hands and go our way and life goes on. We go back to Austin. Um uh, I right? deployed and you guys head to Iraq. It's mm-hmm. you, Morgan, um, the rest of SEAL Team Five, Jake Elsie's part of that. Yeah, Jake is there. You guys go off, and and uh, I think, if my memory serves me correct, you guys replace Chris Kyle, right? Mm-hmm. And Jocko. Team three, and Jocko. Leif, Leif, Leif. Leif Bevin, mm-hmm. all them boys. All the boys. Yeah. We was all out there together. So um, just you know, looking back on it now, a just incredibly interesting historical time Uh, in, in, you know, the, the history of both the country and what was going on. And, um, anyway, I come back and I keep doing my governor thing and, and, uh, we go on about it and what are we here? This is 07. Um, I've, you know, we go into, um, well the legislative sef- session of 07 after cuz 06 was I, I had a i had a, a campaign going on i think that was a little bit of why Nita took me to right. uh, carnada to kind of get a little breather before the you know the big uh the big run from september through uh uh first of november when the election was over with and then we had the legislative session in 0- 07 and then in may uh right at the end of the legislative session in the evening Call comes in from the command post, Governor. There's a young man down here who said that you told him if he was ever through Austin to come by, and he said just let you know he's here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Big iron gate, man. I was like,
4: <laughs> and I was kind of like, okay. I said, "What's his name?" And Marcus Luttrell. And I was kind of like, hmm. Send him in. That was in May of 07, and um, on and off. And as you'll recall, we left the mansion in, I think, June of that year because they were going to refurbish the mansion, had some work that had to be done, plumbing, electrical, what have you. So it was scheduled. We were scheduled to be out. And uh, Marcus Luttrell stayed with us until
3: august of 09 so that uh, was about to say, oh i handed it off to my wife that's about by, by the time i left yep
4: Thank God that Mel came along. He okay, might man, still be, be there, there. I, you know,
3: That was the—he's the blonde guy. Man, it was, oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, the adventures that we get. Because I just—I didn't know where to be. I didn't have anything to do. Mojo is still in overseas all the time. Uh, well, so number I, one, you were a pretty sick kid. Pal- yeah, uh, I was busted up too. So when, I mean, I could You know, you were physically awesome. and
4: mentally pretty, pretty beat down. Yeah. Yeah. He was
3: working on my mental game the whole time.
4: Well, my wife, uh, it's, you know, she's an RN. She's a nurse. She kind of recognized things about you that uh, I didn't. I, you know, had a day job and went on about my business pretty much. And um, here was here
3: was Marcus kind of hanging out.
4: <laughs> oh, I had, a, I had a
3: bed up in the attic. It was I mean, It's crazy yeah. story. I just recoup up. that was so much fun. People day to day Texas business coming in there. I was like, I was the ghost in the attic. Yeah. Like if somebody yeah, when, was, it, I was supposed to be in there. I come creeping downstairs, yeah. my hair all like, "What are y'all doing in here?" <laughs> but what was
4: and because Morgan, what we did is, uh, you know, we we moved to a house uh, about 13 miles from downtown Austin as the mansion was mm-hmm. being refurbished. And then, of course, if you'll recall, I think. This was, I I think, if my memory serves me correct, the summer of 07 is when an arsonist came in and
1: set fire to
4: to the governor's mansion. Of course, that put us out there. I think we lived in that house for almost five years. And so it was a three-story house out at uh, Barton Creek. Barton Creek? Yep. And uh, had a third floor that was finished out, uh, but we just kind of turned it over to the desk was up there, yes, sir. And you had a bed. I had a bed up there. Yeah.
1: I and think it's funny because you know Lady Perry would tell stories about that, and then they'd have you guys would have like the formal events at the mansion, <laughs> and and then here comes this half ha- half naked dude walking downstairs, <laughs> busting into the refrigerator. I mean like in the refrigerator <laughs> in the middle of the night? Who
3: is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's nobody. Dude, some All people right. just be like, yeah. What, don't don't what ask. Is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. The detail, man. Everybody there it was it was. Um, it was the
1: greatest yeah. experience. I didn't know any of this too because they, they were keeping me this from me.
4: Well, you're you're off. I'm doing the, my thing. You're yeah. going to OCS in this period of time, yeah, and, and, then and uh, immediately well, back on deployment. Morgan, let's talk about the the first time we ever met. You know, obviously, Morgan. Com- I mean, Marcus comes into our lives in um, May of '07. You guys had just come back from your your Ramadi mm-hmm. deployment, and I guess we met at that party. At the that ranch. coming home party, coming home party, because the whole team was was there. the whole team was out yeah. there. The was out there. And, yeah. and you were in,
1: you were in proximity to Huntsville for some reason, and you and Marcus teed it up, and you and the la- and Lady Perry
4: yeah. got to come yeah. out and spend some time with that was us. Fun, yeah. yeah. I got to meet all those uh, all those guys, and, and uh, that was the crew there, man. Pretty interesting, pretty interesting group of boys, and uh, so um, Morgan, when you you decided to go to. OCS, I mean, what was that, I uh, mean, why did you decide you want to be an officer?
3: I had, I had, ah, I got this one. Okay,
4: Hey, which one, when you, which when, Which ones, are, are you the oldest? Right That's here. what I was thinking, you're <laughs> yeah. the older brother. Oh, yeah. Take it, younger brother. Are you say, right. Say, Seven
3: minutes. I've been waiting my whole life to start talking about him, right? I, could, I, mean, I never could because he was always still uh, doing a deal. But um, we were sitting there, I was busted up, man, I had these, this is, and, before he even started getting into all that chaos too and he's like hey man what uh what do you think we should do should we go to dev group or should, should we become an officer i was like i was like we always want to go to dev group and stay an operator because he's a sniper i mean he had all the enlisted quals nowhere near to, to to cross over that line but we weren't anticipating me getting my ass handed to me in the capacity i did so we kind of tossed it up to fate right and then um He's like, well, I can go to dev group and then you can't become an officer. If I become an officer, then I can't go to dev group. And we were in it. So we went, there's this lady, her name is Barbara Ford, okay? Captain Ford. And she worked for, for the boss. She's about this tall, right? But I mean, just a pit bull. It and can be. F- whatever, she took a, a liking to us, man. And, I, and it, it was amazing. She's still such a wonderful lady. She's still a loving woman for it. And uh, she's like, let me see your transcripts. Talking to me. Talking to Mojo. That's a guy, never mind. And we're like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and, like, all you SEAL officers say that, you know, you guys are fine. You just, you think you're harder on yourselves than you think you are. And me and Mojo are like, no, no. You know, back in them days, it was completely different. You know, we're trying to explain why it is that we, it was the way it was. <laughs> Which is a great story. But anyhow, she... she Morgan slides her transcripts over, opens that sucker up, and she looks over the paper at me and him, man, and she's like, "Wow, you guys weren't kidding." I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not kidding, man. We're, we're pretty, pretty serious about it. And uh, she just started working her magic, and sure enough, man, he gets picked up for. I couldn't believe I was so proud of you, man, when you got picked up for OCS. Uh, it, it was. I always wanted to climb.
1: I, we've always started at the bottom and worked our way up, and it, it was a it was a fluid transition from the enlisted ranks i was enlisted for eight years and just talking with my officers my leadership and one a piece of advice my one of my oic's Clint Bergs, like hey look you know if you want to affect change if you don't like the way we're doing it then it's time for you to to man up and, and fill the seat quit yelling at the tv and i put in i put in my application and some brother was saying was like Oof, man i don't know if this is looking good or not and um Got selected.
4: You know, that's a classic uh, old uh, route back during World War II, um, which, uh, you know, my dad was um, engaged in as a tail gunner on a B-17. And they had, uh, particularly in the, um, I I think in the Army side of things, uh, what they call Mustangs. Yep. And guys that had been enlisted and then, uh, you know, they... Moving on up into the yeah. uh, they, officer, They call ranks. you all that uh, seals that too. Right? A Mustang. we Mustangs. Mustangs is it
3: just not our own term for seal unless the yeah. officer, like sea lion or something? No, yeah. cool just <laughs> yeah, <this is> Mustang. It's <laughs> the Mustang. Yeah, Mustang. Huh?
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus.
4: But anyway, so you went to OCS and then... I did. uh, So
1: after Marcus and I got back from Ramadi, I actually got accepted into OCS. That's right. While we were overseas. We were
3: overseas when we found out. Uh, Yeah. A lot of that stuff came down. We were in in the box still. You're
4: figuring out that's kind of the end of your... I'm talking about you, Marcus. It's kind of the end of your uh, military. You figure out, I think in in your book, Service, uh, you you kind of address, as I recall, uh, that while you guys are on that last deployment with SEAL Team 5 that it's kind of like, you know, I'm – I'm That's kind of a big deal
3: they sent me back. And oh, I had to be yeah. with him on that. That, well, that, that, had, that went all the way to the top. Yeah. Right? But then they covered down. Well, it yeah. was like big – There had to be. It um, was Sierra had to go to bat for us on that one all
2: the way. There.
4: Yeah, I mean, I made it all, all the way. All the way lost. to flagpole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me because, I mean, you were – you were frankly, you were beat up physically. You were beat up mentally. And to put you back into uh, – and, and let's face it, the, the, the reason they did that is because of – what had happened
3: to you? Mm-hmm. Your best place for him to be was your like navy 100% cross, right My body uh-huh. would heal. They knew yeah. that. they were like, yeah. if you're going to get his mind right, you got to yeah. send him back into yeah. where he came out of, and that's yeah. that's how oh. it works.
4: And you know, I I want to go back to how, and I, I I get really upset, frustrated with the government uh, from time to time, but never have I been well.
2: The,
4: this was as frustrated as as I've been in a spell uh, with the federal government, and it was. You came back, you're living with us, and you're a mess. I mean, I'm just going to be blunt here, Uh, physically and mentally. You had all the, uh, you know, you were addicted to opioids. Uh, You were, uh, you needed some really technical surgeries uh, on your back. And uh, you weren't even eligible for TRICARE. And, and I don't have any idea how they separated you without that, but that, that's beside the, the point. They did. You show up at our place, uh, a pretty much uh, big old bucket of problems. And <laughs> I <wasn't, man>. yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. Awesome. Good to see you. Nothing's changed. To, trust uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ain't much changed, man. I was like, hey, Governor. <laughs> I, it's, anyway, I mean, see the, if you can fix this yeah.
2: <laughs> so
4: I start talking to some of my He remember that you needed that really yeah. serious uh, spine surgery and um, I, I, I call a couple of uh, orthopedic surgeons that, uh, are, and they're kind of like ooh man we would like to help but uh, he ain't got no insurance and he ain't got no money and um, I make a call to um, a Neurosurgeon. And your book came out hit number one in May of oh what you remember where we were?
3: We're fishing. We're fishing. We're bass fishing. Bass fishing.
4: Over with uh uh the, the, the folks that have uh, J B sauce. That's right.
3: And I remember the fishing was so good that that I didn't really the <laughs> They're like, hey, your book went to number one. I was like, but you ain't seen. Yeah, but the, the bass. This before is, nine, this <laughs> is we, a nine-pound that. bass. <laughs> that's, a, that's what he's like. Hey, you promise you're not gonna. I had to lay down the gauntlet. I mean, a lot happened that day, man. Oh
4: was man, <laughs> I'm telling you, it was it was it was. Kinda, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I call awesome. uh, Doctor Jones, and uh, over here in Houston, and uh, I say, hey, this is like. I'm gonna say this is like in the. Fall, September or so, maybe in August. I can't remember the dates. But anyway, it was in, in it was in uh, after the book came out and had gone to number one. And I call this doc and I'm saying, Hey, could, could you, do, I, I said, I ain't got no money. I can't pay for this. I said, But would you consider helping this kid out and doing this back surgery? And he had worked on uh, Earl Campbell. Yep. He had worked on Coach Royal. I mean, this guy was really good. Uh, Dr. Jones, Stanley Jones, orthopedic surgeon right here in uh, Houston, Texas. And he was kind of like, I'm explaining to him who you are. He went, wait a minute. He says, is this the kid that wrote the book, Lum Survivor? And I was kind of, yep. He said, you bring him in and let me take care of him. So Stan Jones, I will always have uh, hold him in a special place uh, because of of, of his – agreeing to to do that initial work. while that was going on, uh, I'm back trying to talk to the Navy to get you put back in, reevaluated so you'll be eligible for tricare. And it's like I mean, I run into the wall, hit the wall, hit the wall, hit the wall. Hit the wall. Uh, I talked to I can't remember who the guy was. he was kind of an interim head of the special Warfare Center a, a, a one star uh admiral and frankly didn't get much help. I talked to Gary Roughhead, who was uh I think he was CNO because he and Joe Weber were friends back in in the day. We we talked to a lot of people and it was just man it was difficult for them to kind of see this is really pretty simple. You just put this kid back in, find him you know ineligible for service and make him eligible for Tricare so he can get the Service and the help that he needs. I finally end up calling the Secretary of the Navy, uh, former Mississippi Governor Mabus, Ray Mabus. And I told him, and you got you know, Obama's the president this time. He's picked Ray to be his Secretary of the Navy. And I told him, I said, look, I said, I, d- don't take this as a threat. But I said, your boss is fixing to get the hell embarrassed out of him because. This kid is now becoming very well known. And I mean, he's a legit American hero. This was after, you know, not only the book, but then Daisy and what happened with yeah. her and all of the, you know, the, uh, the exposure that you get with, with what happened to her and those crazy people that shot her. And I said, governor, I said, this ought to be pretty simple and to his credit god bless him he uh he got the ball rolling got you back in got you the uh squared away where you were eligible for the uh the support that you had earned hell uh and deserved but anyway that that was kind of the uh some some crazy times back in 8 and 9 and then you end up getting
3: sent to Athlete's performance, whatever it's called. Oh yeah. That. So once once I got online, I remember I didn't want to go. Which oh, I, I know. I'm saying that now is ridiculous, but I, back then you just I didn't know what I, I didn't I didn't know. Didn't know what you didn't know. That's it. Because I just got back from there. and I'm talking about this. that was this 15 years now going 16 that they've been putting me back what's it called now Axios Exos 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 Exos. yeah and I mean talk about race ready And, and Doc Jones when he put that that new spine in me I remember when I remember when I broke it I bent it. I didn't break it again, you but do. I bent you it. Kind of bent it, and I bent it. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog's like, "No way, you can't do that. It's impossible." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Watch this." They've got X-ray with that that rods bent over and going <laughs> through my spine. That was awesome. And then uh they upgraded it, so good to go now. Stay stay with him. Same. I mean, but anyway, you pattern. went and and,
4: uh, and and that was 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 that an. That was oh right? nine. That was in '9 Because Mel,
3: Mel stepped in ten, right at the end of it.
4: You, I listen. I, I may be wrong about this, but I always thought that one of the reasons you kind of got your act together. Um, you've been living with us for two years, and it was kind of like, man. Um, sometimes I think, <laughs> you know, two steps forward and three right. steps back. Um, but um, when you crashed and you ended up at the same place, mm-hmm. that that was kind of God's way of tapping Marcus Luttrell on the shoulder and saying, hey dude, I was you yeah. gotta take care of your brother. Oh.
3: What do you think? Oh, sure. I, don't I was know. down here doing my physical therapy when that call came in, like brothers crashed in. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't remember
1: much about any of that. I was post-amnestic for a couple of months right after the wreck, but there's, there's, a,
4: there's a few things I I do remember. I don't remember. Hey, can you, b- b- before you, you go into that, will you just kind of give us the, uh, just the Cliff Notes version of what you were doing, why you were out there, what oh, that sure. training exercise was? So at
1: this time, I had already graduated from OCS and I was at SEAL Team 8. And we were doing a training evolution off the coast of Virginia. And we were doing Vessel Born Surgeon Seizure, VBSS. So it's taking down an underway vessel, just training if we had to do that overseas. And we were flying with the 160th SOAR. Arguably the best rotorwing asset the world's ever known. They our are, Army they One, do. Army One Sixty, Fort Campbell, yeah. Kentucky. Right? Just boys amazing, right amazing people and pilots, crew, crew, everything. We had done a couple of daytime iterations, and we were moving into the night, and a, a storm had blown in, and it was rocking and rolling. And those and that—that's our pilot. We were crabbing along. with We came on, on station, winds were out of control, sea state was out of control, and. We, were, we dropped the rope, and as we were, we were positioned in the helo to start sliding. All the guys, I was the officer, saw the last one out, and the guys were, a few of them can get, went down, but instead of being on station for like a couple of seconds, we were a couple of minutes because the helicopter was rising and falling with the ship because the sea state was so bad, the ship would fall away from the rope 10 to 20 feet. So the helicopter would immediately have to go down and come back up, and, you know, unfortunately, the, the rotors ended up striking the boat, and we, we crashed Sheared the rotors off. That's a crazy helicopter flipped through, over man. its side. Yeah. We fell out, and the helicopter crashed onto the boat. Um, killed one. Killed the crew chief, and catastrophic loss to the rest of us. So I broke my back in six places. Destroyed everything from my waist down, and a substantial uh, head injury. And when, yeah. I, when I say I was, yeah, yeah <laughs> what's up? Yeah. Um, when I say I was post-amnestic, I, I I really don't remember. I've got little. How you know, violent it is
3: when metal stops flying. I mean, when I when I when I remember dude, I, that, before we would boy. do that evolution
1: that we have emergency, emergency EPs, emergency procedures, and the pilots like, okay, if this happens, you need to climb up to the front of the helicopter and push this lever forward to shut the bird off. And if we fall into the water, you reach up, you know, this is your egress routes if you can do it. This, that, and the other. And I, I remember looking up from underneath the the cabin of the of the helicopter, being the last one out. I looked up underneath my underneath my night vision. I could see that that static glow around the rotors, that beautiful blue color. Yeah, it's awesome. And there was no space between that and the ship's plenums, the stacks. I was like, man, these guys are aw-. I said this in my head. I was like, man, these guys are awesome. Clank, 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 clank. I mean, just, and it was such a violent act. There was no, reco- I mean, uh, you're, just, I, you're just long for the ride. And then I just, I landed in a seated position, roughly about 40 feet. I landed in a seated position, and I felt everything go. And I, you know, I made that really dumb noise that you make when. You oh, think, dude! Hey, nah. It only
3: happens when hey, I can like soul marker. And The only thing
1: I can think, the only thing I could think about when I did that was like, man, I hope nobody heard me make that noise. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's an absolute true statement. It is. Uh, <laughs> hey, nah, 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 you know, I mean, just everything, I just feel it and, and I'm like, you know, I hear it in my body, just all that stuff breaking. Um, anyhow, <laughs> it's like that pile on the inside
3: going we're good, but what's happening?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was rough. Oh. It was oh, just a bad day at the office. I mean, we were really hanging it out there, which we're supposed to do. That's what we get paid so to do. So what were there, were there
4: two fatalities? One fatality. One fatality. Yeah. yeah.
1: And a catastrophic loss to the rest of us. Yeah. I was injured the least out of everybody that was on the on the helicopter. Um, pilots, were, pilots were good. We had a boat team, assault team in the water. Boat guys, the boat teams were coming up behind us and they were policing up bits and pieces of everything and, I was the last one they found. They thought I was actually in the water. I I don't know if, you know, I say it would have been better if we landed in the water. I think we would have rode that helicopter all the way to the—I don't think they ever found us. Yeah.
4: They were out. One of those things. But anyway, so they they recover you from that accident, and then um, the decision's made to send you down to uh, Florida to uh, Athletes Performance, the Mm -hmm. name of
3: it then. And you're still there. I was right. I was already sitting up in bed yeah. when that phone call came in. I was like, where's he at? And, and yeah. uh, they were trying to tell me what had happened. Man, it was 3 o'clock in the morning? It was, yeah. Well, it was, we started
1: Evolution at night,
3: so yeah, I,
4: yeah. I don't even really know. But. but anyway, the the point is that uh, you guys both end up at uh, this uh, rehab facility. I went down there in a body cast. Yeah. Oh, I – I'm to
3: throw a shout-out to John Bartis, Secretary Bartis. Probably one of the best dudes out there. I called him. I mean, a he, he, long time ago, he's like, you ever need anything, you call me, understand? And I needed to get to him right quick, fast in a hurry. And it was three o'clock in the morning. And I sure know, I I don't know why I I buzzed you because you'd already found out about it. And I was like, man, I need to get up there quick. He's like done. And I was standing tall I found him in the um, in the MRI. They wouldn't put him in the damn tube because he had hiccups. Like we we never taken drugs before, so when they slammed him some of that al- I'm allergic. I'm allergic to, to opioids Give him the hiccups, and he's in there with that. Bug Unlike bag. your brother, I like yeah, my body cast on too, and I was kind of like, it's gonna be all right, brother. I got you, man. <laughs> he's
1: walking around like a zombie. You know the worst part about that my injuries is I I, I broke my coccyx and my sacrum. Coccyx. Yeah. Coccyx? coccyx? That's it. Yeah, that's, no, that's right. right. You got it right. And I had to I had to walk around with those little donuts. serving the dunes. Donuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I had a body cast on. Oh, dude. And then I had to sit on that damn donut. We had the
3: best time during his oh, recovery. Goodness, we I had more fishy uh, cream donuts, <laughs> and played video like, games. It was it was amazing. I appreciate you taking a hit on that. We snuck him out of the hospital. Halfway through it, he's like, Get me out of here. I, I got to go, man. And we snuck him out. And uh, the next morning, we had to sneak him back in because it was just, it was not, <laughs> hey, he, he was really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we snuck him out one night. We, we, we had dressed up, like all of us stole the lab coats and had the wheelchairs and everything. And one of the nurses actually saw us. She's like, do you guys ever get serious? We're like, this is how we're serious. And, uh, man, we got him home and, and about midnight and we're trying to get him in the shower. And, dude, he was just like, uh, he's laying on the ground. I'll never forget it. Toughest dude, was laying on like, a So, was, how
4: long did it take you to to recover from this to where you were back? About half a operating year, operating
1: uh, A little, uh, yeah,
4: right at a year, maybe, yeah, give yes. or take. it, just, it, it the, takes
3: time. That's not that you can't. You can Well,
4: well the, the thing that always just amazes me about you guys is is your your fortitude. Uh, I mean, I think about what happened to you in '05. Uh, in September of '06, you deployed to Iraq again. I mean, literally, what is that, 15 months from the time you've been through yeah. that horrendous event? I got hurt again uh, and You there. And, and, and you are deployed. Uh, you have a catastrophic injury uh, where you're in a full body cast, yeah. and, and six months later in, I guess, the end of, well, the, the spring of 10, you're getting ready to get back and mm-hmm. be an operator again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just—I—I I, I think, the, you know, whatever it is that the DNA and the, the trail body—that uh, you know, you 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 guys have the most amazing discipline uh, and character that I've ever been around before. And I think that's you know that that's one of the things that. um I think in hindsight, has always, you know, drawn me to you uh, you two, is that, uh, you know, you, you, you reflect everything uh, that, as a Texan, uh, that I look at and I go, okay, Amen. there's two Texans right there. You want to know what, you know, 1836 is all about and the Alamo and everything— uh, that you think about headstones didn't say the, Texas, but the, like separate.
3: The, Does that give me the, you Texas and I gas? Yeah, <laughs> I get that. I mean, I, anyway, I it, it's,
4: it's, it's 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 pretty fascinating. I think most Americans, uh, and certainly most Texans, uh, appreciate what you guys uh, have have been all about and what you're all, you know, continue to be about. You know, Marcus, you with your team never quit, with uh, your foundation, with the things that you're doing out there. Uh, Morgan, you, you, you can't give up show business. You're, you know, you're off and, and uh, put your hand up one more time and said, here am I. Send me uh, to, to go be a, a United States congressman. And, and I tell people, I said, listen, one of the reasons I'm for you, I mean, one of the reasons I think that you are a unique person so uh, at, at this particular point in time, at a time such as this, uh, is because what I'm seeing with our military uh, that you know they they they're distracted with all this woke stuff. They're distracted with all this politically correct crap that's going on up there, and they need people like you, Morgan Luttrell, who has been through hell and back multiple times, frankly. And you need to be sitting in. The United States Congress, speaking from the well of the House of Representatives, calling the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of the Veterans Affairs, the men and women of the current administration, who frankly have lost touch with what our United States military is really supposed to be about, and you know, I I I just think it's really important, Morgan, for you uh, to be sitting there. Uh, I just think somebody's going to have a hard time calling BS on you.
3: <laughs> they better have a really good reason for doing it. Bingo. Well, we've been away. I mean, he's been away too serving. The guys that would normally step into to the breach and, and the capacity at which you're supposed to have been fighting 20 years of war. Everybody overlooks these 70s and 80s babies because we have respect.
0: LinkedIn jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at LinkedIn.com slash spoken. That's LinkedIn.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. I've had, I've, had, I've, had
1: a, I've had a few people ask me what makes you think your military service tees you up better than anybody else for
4: running for Congress or being
1: Seriously. A, being a freshman, yes
4: or not. Somebody would literally ask you that. Oh, yeah. Well, let, me, let me just go on the record and say that. That if they're asking that without the knowledge of what you've been through, I might give them a pass. But anybody that knows your history that asked that question obviously is either ignorant or has a political agenda that is very out of um, the mainstream. I, I
1: just I articulate it in a way that it, my military experience just. Is- it, it, it gives me perspective, you know if you, if, you, if, you, if you peel the onion back enough and you just we're fighting two wars, multiple conflicts, just the things that we 've seen and done, just the best and worst of humanity, it allows you to um, you know always always campaign on my integrity, my character, and my um, humility, yeah. and there's not much of that up there, and I think that's what, I, what separates me.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important to have uh, life's experiences. Um, And and particularly, um, again, what I see occurring at the Department of Defense uh, at this particular point in time, uh, when when I see a, uh, um, you know, when when I see more interest in this woke uh, concept, this politically correct concept, rather than being focused on What do we need to be doing to have the most highly trained, efficient military to keep this country free? If you're not focused on that, if you're not getting that right, then you are not serving the American people uh, properly, in my opinion. And, And I think you and what you've been through, your training, your experiences, your discipline, and your character, those are the qualifications for a United States congressman. Um, you know, There may be somebody who's qualified because of their uh, economic experience. There may be somebody b- because of d- different experiences they have in life. But at a time when the world is as tenuous as it is, when you got China out there, When you got North Korea out there, when you got Russia out there, when you got Iran out there. And to have someone with your qualifications, your experience, sitting on the Armed Forces Committee, for instance, asking all the right questions about here's what the NDAA uh, needs to have in it, and here's why this needs to be funded. I mean, all of that experience that you bring to the table, I mean, you know, no offense to anybody that's run against you in the
3: United States Congress, but not anybody can carry your jockstrap. <laughs> well, I mean, the people that sent us into the wars, they're still in there. So we were the ones fighting them. So we actually know why we were there and why we weren't. Not only that, when you have somebody who's pulled the line, pulled the sled and enlisted and then crossed over to the officer— Think about the capacity at which we had to go into, the, into combat in two different wars. People did, we didn't even speak the language, and our ultimate goal was to eliminate them. Well, in, in the stretch between that, you have to understand why everything's going down, w- why they're fighting over it, and then bypass all of that. So to actually have a, the capability to step back and look at what the problem is and how to, how to defeat the problem in itself, because then, then it won't be a problem. I have people say all the time, like, hey, let's solve this problem. I was like, solve it what? So it'll still be a problem? Because that's, that's what's still happening out there. What we had to do when we were in the capacity which we had to do, we went away. Was we had to learn how to solve all those problems when everyone else was going against us. And if you've never been in a situation, you'll always react like a child. I mean, we get big fast. You know, we just don't grow up fast. That takes some time and experience. Is experience it teaches itself? I mean, we had to go away to learn that. Now we're back. Morgan, why did you raise your hand again? Why was it the right time?
1: Well, like, because like, for a lot of people, you know, especially with service, they say you know, we should do it or people should encourage them to do it, but. Sure. No, it's a great question. Um, it's easy to sit at home and yell at the TV, you know, and given, the, given the current dynamics and the narrative of what our country looks like in this administration and how we've, you know, we're just feeling that everywhere from the economy to our border, the border crisis and, you know, just independence and what the perspective and perception is from other countries around the globe, looking back on at us, looking back at us. Um, this is my home. You know, our congressman's retiring. So it was an open seat. And I love my. I, not only do I love where I grew up more than anything, I love my state and I love my country. And, I, and I'm doing this for the very reason that we need. We first and foremost, we have to have somebody to represent District Eight. And secondly, I'm always of the opinion that someone that that can speak the language from this district would be a perfect representation in Washington D.C. And we have to have somebody that won't back down. You know, somebody who can stand in the line. And, I personally think I'm, I'm the guy for that.
4: I, I think it's really important to have um, the 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 homegrown boy, if you will, uh, the person who's from here, who understands this, who interacts with the people. You know, one of the things that always is kind of irritates the heck out of me uh, is, is that, particularly in these federal races, uh, you know, there there are people who uh, pump a lot of money in here uh, from outside of the. Um, state of Texas, who, you know, quite frankly, they don't understand Texas. They don't know what make us tick. They don't understand uh, the pride that we've got and how we uh, do things and what have you. Uh, They may have a political agenda that's, frankly, not necessarily in, in, uh, you know, Texas district eight's interest. interest. And uh, one thing I do know about you is that uh, you are fiercely loyal, fiercely loyal to your family. To your God and to your state, and in extension to your country. And uh, that's pretty much already been answered because of the 14 plus years you spent as a member of the United States military.
3: I didn't know that. I mean, the people sent, I mean, you can send your money to my state and and have this town all you want. I I appreciate that. But if you're going to come in here and to where we're like, my brother and I actually live and grow up, the one thing he and I do, no one else does, we bleed for everybody down here. So if you're coming in here from out of out of state into our into our home, man, don't talk smack. That's yeah, not going to work and, well for and, you. And bringing your money
4: in here and telling us how to vote. Yeah, uh, that's not
3: going to. No, thank you.
4: And I think you know we'll we'll see that on uh, on March first. So, but anyway, uh, listen. Uh, thanks for being a part of this today, and more importantly, letting me be a part of this. And and uh, the uh, team never quit is a. Uh, It's a really interesting concept, and uh, I I don't think any two people give a a better reflection of that than uh, Morgan and Marcus Luttrell. Um, You guys have been in the fight for a long time, figuratively and literally, and uh, Morgan, you've you've decided to take it to another level, and uh, God bless you for that, and I think America will be better off. Uh, with uh, uh, another one of the Latrell boys staying in the fight. And don't get confused that uh, just because you're going to Washington, D.C., that Marcus and I are not going to still be doing our part down here to keep things stirred <laughs> no up doubt. in the great state of Texas. That was planned in, stirred in up. <laughs> 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 That
3: has absolutely Ooh, been the plan. Yes, sir. We All got. Right. It. We laid it out for you, so here you go. <laughs> All right. Good show, boys. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you.